All right, welcome back, everybody, for the week four edition of North of 18th Street. I got me and Dave here tonight. It's been a great week for Chicago sports. We got a lot of great stuff to cover this week. Of course, we got a nice Bears victory. I know a lot of people were counting them out. Not over here at North of 18th Street, as you recall. Uh, had picked them to, to win this week, and I took them in the Survivor League, so I'm pretty excited about that. And the, uh, the Cubs are prepared to make their first playoff appearance in seven years. How about that, folks? I think that's, uh, that's exciting stuff, and we're going to call this our Wild Card Edition. Yeah, welcome to the Wild Card Edition. And before we start talking about the awesome week to come with the Cubs and another big Bears game I, I have to start off by giving you the kudos I, you chose the Bears as our survivor last week and I had my doubts so props to you good sir and to be honest I took that with all seriousness too was trying to put the homer aside but you know what I thought the Bears at home down 0-3 there was just no way that they were going to lose that game and it came down to the final field goal and we'll get into some of the goods and bads later on today to talk about the game but all around I thought it was a it was a good game with a lot of a lot of good things to build off of what do you think about that game yeah that's right I think it's a perfect segue to jump into our our goods and bads Matt because you know let's change it up it's a good week it's a feel-good Wednesday here or feel-good Tuesday coming up on wildcard Wednesday and let's just start out let's jump into the goods I want to start off with a question leading up to the goods I know we're going to jump into the to the bears but I just want to just something that's on my mind. You know, it's been a long time since the Cubs been in the playoffs. <laughs> Do you remember where you were seven years ago watching the last time that the Cubs were in the playoffs? Was that the series against the Dodgers? It was. I watched a couple games at a friend's house. I think I watched one of the games at uh, Mo's Cantina. I don't know if that place is still up in Wrigleyville. Yeah, it's still there. I actually was there for the uh, the Chris Bryant debut game. We actually went there. And you know what else is extra special about that place, Dave, now that we're talking? <laughs> I can hear the smile over there. That's actually where we went to. We went to a Cubs game the day after Kelly and I got engaged, and we went to Moe's beforehand. So that's, uh, that's an extra special place for us. Well, awesome. Well, I'm glad that it has a special place in my heart is it reminds me of the last time the Cubs were good enough to make the playoffs hopefully we'll have good things coming I think for the the wild card game I'm going to stick to what's been working I'm going to watch the game with my wife and then once we're into the the division series, I'll I'll get together with family. But I'm gonna sit at home and watch this one by myself, and, and with including my wife, maybe have some vino. Really, just sit down and enjoy it. It's gonna be quite a nerve wracking experience. I mean, I don't know how I'm gonna make it through the day tomorrow. I'm definitely gonna duck out of work a little bit early tomorrow, hoping around three o'clock and get home and get a nice solid foundation built to feel good about the game but it's uh, there's nothing quite like a uh, MLB postseason experience especially when you're a Chicago Cubs fan it uh, doesn't happen that often so when it does happen it's uh, it's pretty exciting so it's going to be a lot a lot of fun going on tomorrow night what do you what do you think about Arietta on the mound tomorrow night I know he's He's given up one run in the last 15 innings against the Pirates in September. How do you feel about him on the mound tomorrow night? You know, I feel good about him. The Cub fan in me wants to find something bad or something that is going against the Cubs, but the reason I feel good about him is he not only has been pitching lights out, but he's also 
a beast. You know, he's like, he's in really good shape, it seems like. And from what I hear, he works out and is really flexible. So I think it's not a fluke. He's in great shape and he's, he has four, you know, plus pitches probably. So I feel good about him. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why I'm a little nervous because just... How long does the gravy train continue? I mean, it's he's he said record was it point seven ERA in the second half, and can it continue? I sure as hell hope so. But it, I tell you what, it's just like I hope it tonight's not the night. You know what I mean? I it's just one game or go home, man. That's it's 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 crazy. Well, here's the thing: even if he doesn't, you know, I would rather have him pitching than Lester, anyways. So. You can't think about it. You just have to know that he's been lights out, trust in him, and hope that the bats can pick it up so he doesn't have to win the game by himself. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. The Cubs missed out on the NL Central. Was it by, let's just say this, they missed out by hosting the wildcard game by, by one game. So that takes me back. I was, we was talking about Chris Bryant earlier in the show. Would you have brought up Chris Bryant right on opening day, or do you think the Cubs made the right move? No, you can't go back and think about that. Let me ask, let me ask, answer your question with another question. Uh, you're going to pull a total chick move. Did you think the Cubs would win 97 games this year? So you just opened up a whole can of worms with that comment. First, to go back to just answering my question, because really I was asking the question just so I could hear myself talk, and that's that's typically what men like to do. <laughs> Definitely I agree with you on Chris Bryant, and they should not have brought him up sooner. The Cubs made the right move, and hindsight is always 2020. And now to answer your question with a, to answer your question of a question, hell no. There's nobody in their right mind who would have ever guessed that the Cubs would have won 97 games this year. On top of that, how many of those teams in the NL Central? Jeez, the top three teams in the major league out of, out of the majors this year are on the NL Central. No one would have guessed that either. And I'll tell you what, I, I would have been happy with the Cubs. Splitting the season, going 81 and 81 and playing 500 and showing growth in the players. To win 97 games, and it, I hope the Cubs win tomorrow night because it's going to build a lot of excitement, but I will tell you this, I will not be completely disappointed if they lose tomorrow night. Of course, who doesn't want them to win? But what they've done this year and the future that they have, it's just exciting to be a baseball fan in the city of Chicago because there's really not much outside of the Cubs to be excited about. Right. Well, we do have the Blackhawks, and we haven't touched on them yet. We'll, we'll get into them here as the season gets started. It's tomorrow night as the banner raising. But, no, you're right. I am pleasantly surprised at how well the team has played. And I agree with you on, on Chris Bryant. I, I don't think Theo and Jed made the wrong decision keeping him down. It's going to give us one more year of him in the long term. And... He is gaining all that experience now, you know, this year, and will be that much better. You know, he had his slump, I believe July was his worst month. He was hit a pretty bad month, but kicked out of it and has just been playing well the second half. So I'm excited to see him with a full year, almost a full year under his belt next year. And then, you know, getting some playoff experience, this team's just going to go well. And, And on top of that, you know what? I'm really excited about for the Cubs next year. I think that in the last couple years, Chicago hasn't been a destination or a favorable destination for free agents. They didn't want to come to Chicago because they knew we were rebuilding. Now is the time people are starting to think, look, they're going to have a new clubhouse that 
they're renovating Wrigley Field. They have a, a manager people want to play for and a team that is ready to win. So I think on top of all the young guys developing, it's going to be a, a favorable place for those free agents. Absolutely, and money does have a funny way of uh, making things work out, Dave. Right. I'm just, just going to say that. So you know, now we're on the Chris Bryant train, and another thing that I saw was interesting the other day is that Chris Bryant actually topped Major League Baseball in jersey sales. So you know what that means. It means uh, more money to line the Ricketts' pockets. So... Let's hopefully have them put that money back out on the field and uh, bring some free agents for next year. But let's focus on this year, too. I mean, we're, we're in the postseason, and it's going to be an exciting game tomorrow night. And I, I, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm like a little kid on Christmas. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sleep tonight, man. Well, you know, one of the things that, that has been really racking my, been racking my mind all day today, because as, as we've told our you know, now I think we're up to 30 listeners now that we're on iTunes. I've been trying to figure out what to eat. And living in Austin, even though we have great restaurants, you know, I want to make something that is Chicago. I could go for the easy Chicago-style hot dog. But, you know, I want to have something that makes me feel like I'm sort of at the ballpark or even in Wrigleyville. Uh, what are you guys going to have to eat tomorrow night? It's a good question. I'm not sure because I've got one friend that's coming over that's been on this healthy kick lately. And i got another guy coming over that... Southsider or something? Nah, he, well, he's he's Paul, you know, <laughs> my buddy Paul. And it's just Paul. I don't know how to say it. So you kind of go with it because it's Paul, you know. Mm-hmm. If he's eating salad, I guess I'll eat a salad too. So, I, But hopefully we're going to get some pizza tomorrow night, maybe some wings. Uh, just Just kick it case of beer or something show up to work a little bit late on on thursday sounds good why don't i know we have we both have some we'll have to have some goods from the bear so let's jump into that i'll I'll get us started this time i think you're gonna laugh at my first good but my good is jay cutler's hamstring hey it it held up (laughs) well it's not even that but it's the fact that it almost hampered him a little bit there were a couple times where he wanted to run and you could tell his instinct was, let's roll out and let's run. And then he remembered, oh, I'll have a bum leg. And he just stepped up and made the throw. He hit Martellus one time, I think then hit Wilson another time. And there were like third down conversions that were huge. So I think it made him have a little more patience and uh, it worked for us. So my first good is Jay Cutler's hamstring making him a, a better decision maker in the first half of it. Yeah, that's a good good. And overall, Jay Cutler had a pretty good game. Uh, obviously, he made, again, a critical mistake towards the end of the game and nearly cost us. But then he came out and he totally redeemed himself on that last drive. Fourth and five, and he came out and hit you-know-who. Marty. Was ben. 11 receptions, man. 11 receptions. And, and overall, the whole afternoon, he did a great job of spreading the ball around. Royal was in the game. Wilson was in the game. Forte had a pretty solid game as well. Great job of uh, spreading the ball around. Right, and you talked about Forte, and I know it's been part of our goods the last couple of weeks, but he just seems like a different running back. He's always been good with catching the ball, but he's making people miss a lot out of the backfield running the ball. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to see him continue on this pace. I think this could be his best rushing year of his career. He's making a lot of holes for himself. I mean, he's just on open space. He's getting guys to miss, and he's a guy in a mission. He's like almost got like a chip on his shoulder or something this year. I don't know if it has anything to do with it being a contract year and 
the Bears kind of snubbing him early in the season or before the season even started with not giving him the contract extension he thought he uh, deserved. Uh, he, he's, he's a man on a mission, and he's running out there with such determination. It's pretty exciting to watch him play. Talk about longtime Bear stays. Uh, Robbie Gold, 3-for-3, three three, man. 9-for-9 nine nine on the season, hitting a 54-yard field goal. I thought there was no way. I'll tell you what, he could have hit it 60. That it hit a lot of clearance on it, and then two seconds left on the clock, hitting a 49-yard field goal. Or I guess it was like six seconds, and then they, the, they had two, two seconds left on the clock after that. But anyways, it doesn't matter because the Bears won, and Robbie Gold hit a 49-yard game-winning field goal. So most, cons- most consistent player that the Bears have. Talking about consistency, it'll, it'll take me to my second good. It's something we did on, on our show the first week, and maybe Pernell McPhee listened to our podcast and is really stepping it up. Oh, he definitely listened. No doubt. He has been so consistent. He's been in the back backfield consistently. He had an interception this week. I know I was asking for him to step up to the plate and to take a leadership role and represent, and he has. So my good is... Pernell McPhee is as advertised. Yeah, he's coming along, and I think that the Bears' defense as a whole is really shaping up, and what also is very encouraging is uh, seeing a sack coming from the D-line. I mean, anytime you're seeing defensive tackles making sacks, you know the D-line is stepping up, and that's Jarvis Jenkins. So it's good to see one of uh, the Bears' young guys stepping up and making a sack too and contributing over on the D-line, which brings me into to bad too. I mean, we're talking about old lines the D-line, and we're talking about lines in general, at least I am, and it, it steps into the injury bug that's going around with the Chicago Bears right now, right on the O-line, and that was a big loss for the Bears losing Will Montgomery for the, for the year. He had, uh, he's having a pretty good season, and now that really shakes it up, especially with Bushrod out. Uh, it should be interesting to see what the Bears do. They have not made an announcement yet on what their plans are. They've, uh, I guess this was actually just a couple hours before the podcast tonight, had uh, picked up Nate off the practice squad. They uh, promoted Nate Beckton. I, to be honest, I never even, do you even know who that is? Yeah, I think he likes to go by Nasty Nate. Nasty Nate? Nasty Nate! <laughs> So that's our depth right there, and uh, we got our third round picked. He's he's sounds like they're gonna throw him right out to the wolves, man. And center, that's center's a tough position to play in the NFL, man. You got a lot going on on the O line, and I don't know how I feel about a uh, a rookie making his first start of the season at center. You could probably more easily have a guard or right tackle, but. Any other of the positions in the line a rookie can pick up, and not to knock on him, but I'm nervous to have him in there. But I, I definitely think he'll be active. I don't know if he'll start. We have so many injuries, especially Bushrod is out again. I think he will be active on Sunday, but maybe won't necessarily be the starter. Yeah, it's just a concussion. Rub some dirt on it. No big deal. Throw him <laughs> out there. He'll be fine. You know, we really need that Alshon to come up. I think having Alshon back will make the rest of that wide receiver core a little better, even though they've been pretty consistent. They have been pretty consistent, so that just, I mean, that says a lot. You get, you get a guy coming back and to add into a pretty productive uh, receiving core already, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, let's hope that, I know we talked about the Ratliff comeback last week, and we were thinking it would be a game-time decision, and it, it turned out it was by I said he, would, he was going to be playing, but he ended up not playing, and he's just not in game shape yet. He's still got a little nag, nagging injury. 
So I'm hoping uh, this will be the week that he comes back. That'd be a huge addition too, getting some help on the D line and getting some pressure on the quarterback because we're going to need it for the Chiefs next week. It's not going to be an easy matchup for the Bears. What, what's your take? How are you feeling about next week? I looked at the line before our game and it was at nine points and nine and a half in a different site. People don't believe the Bears win last week was enough to warrant maybe even a closer spread, but nine nine and a half points is a little over the top. That's this that's not gonna be my official lock for you guys this week, but if you're if you're a Bear fan like me, I would take a serious look at nine points. I I think it's going to be closer and, and I know that you are a little more confident about the Bears than I am this year, but we definitely have a chance, especially if Alshon's back. Sure. And an interesting stat that I saw, you know, I love pulling out the stats and pulling up numbers because it makes me feel like a big person. It really does. Um, the Chiefs, over the last three games, have now given up 300-plus passing yards. That is the, la- the last time that actually happened. It goes back to the 80s where... They actually have replacement players out on the field. So let's just say that doesn't happen often with the Chiefs. So that just says a lot about their their defense there. So it should be interesting to see how the Bears coming into uh, to Arrowhead next week. They might have a rookie under center. So he's he's especially going to have to step it up. We'll see. Maybe Slauson steps over to center. I don't, I don't know what, what they're ultimately going to do. I'm sure we'll hear in the next couple of days. You know, John Fox likes to keep that close to his chest but again I'm, I'm gonna play the homer on this man I'm this is this is kind of the make or break game of the the year for the Bears and I know we, we've been to- tossing around the whole rebuilding mode but I tell you what the Bears win on the road in Arrowhead they go up two and three you look at the rest of the NFC right now it's pretty close man I mean you got some breakaway teams up there that are four and oh but after that it's just kind of one of those things with the Bears where they always just get crapped on year in year out and I mean, it just goes to show you with that nine-point spread. It's like, are you kidding me? Seriously? Yeah. Put money on that game. Put a thousand on that game. All right, I'll make. Dave, you got you got the money, man. You maybe got the a money. thousand pesos. Okay. I agree with you. I think it, it'll at least be a closer game than that. I would not be surprised if the, the Bears came out, played good defense. They don't really have a lot of weapons on offense. Obviously, we know about Jamal Charles, fellow Texan and a good tight end but we haven't really given up much to tight ends this year and the you know we've you got Mac they got Macklin over there too right right I'm not worried about Macklin <laughs> so, screw screw Macklin man I think we can play well I think our defense is going to be the key another another thing to keep in mind is that Fox is familiar with the uh, with KC coming from from the Broncos, so sure, no, they'll definitely play into to, to our cards. To kind of finish up with our bads, Matt. Fourth quarter, driving in the red zone. Your main man, Cuddy, throws another interception. I just I can't even get upset anymore because I should be expecting it. I instantly picked up my phone and texted my brother. We just got cutlered. That's just the standard. Cutler special. Throw the guy up, Bone. Come on, man. He's, I mean, he's, he's got a lot of right on his shoulders. He's leading a tough life, man. Chicago media hates him. You hate, you hate him. He's making $20 million a year. That's not enough, man. The guy's got to feed his family. You kidding me? Okay. $20 million is not enough to raise a family these days. That was my bad. I, I'll give it to him. He didn't. He turned around and, and led a game-winning drive. 
with the help of Robbie Gold. So it's good that maybe he's he's turning that around. That's my last bet. I want to move on to to that thing we both want to keep talking about is is that Cubs game tomorrow. Are the Cubs in the playoffs this year? Yep, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, huh? You don't say. I've been trying to think about this, and I don't know if the lineups are officially out, but what would your ideal lineup be? I know Coughlin's played well. I know we have a bunch of different role players. I think Castro has really come back on. So have you thought about the ideal lineup or who you really, you know, I know there's probably some blocks that you have and maybe some that you probably don't care as much about. I mean, obviously uh, you're going to want to, with a guy like Garrett Cole on the mound, you're going to want to stack the lineup a little left-handed. I've heard early on that it sounds like Joe Madden's going to go with Listella at third, so that instantly changes the options that the, the Cubs are going to go with. So if you're, you're saying Listella at third, then Brian's going to probably be out and left then with Fowler out in center field and Soler out in right. And then pretty standard. I mean, they're going to go with Russell at short and Castro at, at second and Rizzo over at first and Montero at catcher. I sort of agree with you, and I did hear that. I hear that LaSella was probably going to start at third base, which really surprised me, actually. And I agree on most of your lineup, except for I don't think Soler is going to start. Um, I think they're going to put Chris Bryant at left, Fowler at center, of course, and Schwarber. I think Schwarber is going to get the start. Really? Not maybe Ashton Jackson? I almost said, I almost said Jackson. Schor- I mean, Schwarber is, has played well there. And like you said, left-handers, I think he's proven himself a little bit longer. But I think if we get up a couple points, a couple runs, two or three runs, Madden will switch to a defensive lineup. So don't be surprised if we go up three runs and by the fourth inning and we, we see some defensive substitutions. Sure. I will say this, though. Schroeder's out there. I, I have a hard time seeing him out in right field. I just don't think he has the arm in a, in a playoff game to, to be able to warn a position like that. They're going to they're gonna need someone a little more defensive capabilities out there, and he's, he's kind of, at this point, in my mind, a liability out there in the outfield. Well, what if we have him at left field instead of right? I, that could be plausible in my mind. Uh, and then you're talking about maybe moving Brian over to center field. Um, they had been playing him there a little bit towards the end of the season. Who knows what, I mean, who knows what Joe Madden's thinking? This guy, he's just always... He's always one step ahead, and he, he knows what he's doing, and that's, you just say Joe knows. Yeah, well, you know, one of my favorite quotes from his introductory press conference is someone asked him about using statistics and numbers, and we know that the whole Moneyball video comes from sort of that school. So the question was, do you use statistics? And he said, yeah, I have a sheet in my back pocket that is just dripping with statistics. So <laughs> I think that's a good way to describe what he does, man. He just, you know, he plays statistics so well and doesn't think like every other manager just says, this is the way we do it because this is the way it's been done. He just, he doesn't follow anyone else's agenda, which is awesome. Yeah, he's an outstanding manager. We're lucky to have him. At, you know, Some people might say Lester was the pickup in the offseason. Hopefully the Cubs make it on to the next round and he can make his uh, make his money. I'll tell you what, Joe Madden, pickup of the offseason. He's, uh, you know, back, was it in early August, late, late July. Castro just in a complete rut, man. He's just dog days, dude. He, he was 
not playing good baseball. And whatever Joe said to him, man, put him on the bench. And I'll tell you what, Castro, early in his career, you bench him like that, he's, he's, he'll probably be out in the media saying something, something stupid. But you know what? He took it in stride and he sat on the bench and look what he's doing now. Yeah. One of the hottest batters in baseball right now. And I, you got to give that to Joe Madden. I agree. Well, you have to give it to both of them. You're right. Uh, I don't think earlier in his career, he would have been cool with that. It bodes well for the Cubs to have him come back and play well, but whatever, whatever Joe said, worked and kudos to, to Starlin for taking it in stride and, and showing the team that he wants to be there. So I really hope he gets to start at second tomorrow. He, he's definitely earned that right. And uh, he's definitely got a hot bat and kudos, kudos to him on picking it up and, and getting there too. And we'll see what happens in the off season too. I hope, hopefully he remains a cub. I think uh, he, he's got a, continue to have a bright future ahead of them so it's pretty exciting so what's what's going to happen in the game tomorrow night man we got we got cole versus versus arietta what are you calling on this game i think we're gonna win 3-1 and rizzo is gonna have a home run i can dig it i can dig it we're gonna be up 3-0 bullpen's gonna give up a silly run in the eighth then we're gonna take it 3-1 i hope so man actually i think the over under is five runs so is that right yeah See, you're the betting man. I, I just, I'm a cheap, frugal man that if I lose a penny, I'm, I'm freaking out, man. I, it just, it worries me. I'm worried for it, I guess. Yeah, well, you're the stats guy, and I'm the, I'm the betting guy, so that's fine. You just, well, you live in Texas. You're like the riverboat gambler. Sure, whoever that is. So what's, what are your bets for next week, then? Well, as I mentioned in our last podcast, I'm going to wait until Thursday or Friday to post something, and that, that'll bring us into into kind of going over last week's bet. I suggested you guys take the Jets, I believe it was one and a half, minus one and a half, and they ended up winning that game convincingly. So hopefully you guys have been taking my advice. I think officially I'm three out of four for my suggestions. But don't forget to check into our Twitter handle Friday, Saturday, once I get a chance to look at the injury report and see who may be in or out. So don't forget the Twitter account is at North of 18th. That's one, the number one, the number eight. TH. And that brings me to the good news of the week for the show, Matt. I challenged you last week. I said, Matt, you need to, you I need to grow up. I did it. I did you it. You need to get away for <laughs> our followers to be able to get in contact with you. They're going to want to know about your statistics and sin. People are going to be excited. We have Matt on Twitter now. Tell us a little bit about that did was it hard did you have to get kelly to help you did you have to get like a younger cousin to help it was a pretty uh it was a pretty scary experience for myself um lost some sleep over it no it wasn't that bad dave come on give me some credit here i will say the one funny thing is apparently i already had a twitter account so i entered i entered in my email address and they're like you already have an account i was like well what the hell is this i already got an account apparently i'm ready to go and there's only one Matt Toach out there, and he's got a Twitter account with his name. And I'm, I'm up and running, baby. I, you doubted me, and I, I pulled through. That's twice I doubted you last week, and, and you showed me. So I'm going to have to start giving you the benefit of the doubt after two or three more times. <laughs> me wrong. So I'll tell everybody your Twitter handle is at Matt Toach, which is M-A-T-T-T-O-T-S. C-H. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at 
D-A-R-A-I-Z-A, the number two, the number three. Dearize 23, of course, MJ. Moving on to our survivor picks, Maddie. We both survived. Again, impressive pick with the Bears last week. I went safe and took the Packers, although they're not very good on the... Well, I would say they're, they're not not very good. They're just not as good as they are at home on the road. Squeaked by the 49ers. Did you decide who you're going to take this week? Taking the Falcons in Atlanta against the Redskins. I just think the Atlanta Falcons have a good team this year and uh, should be a pretty good pick for next for this coming week. Who you got? Outside of the Bears, I think that is actually the biggest spread. I know that the, the Packers were nine and a half points as well. I've already taken the Packers, so I can't take them. But outside of that, the biggest spread was the Falcons at seven and a half minus seven and a half. So I'm going to... I'm going to have to agree with you. I know it's going to be boring because neither one of us will win this week, but i got to play it safe after that week two exit. Sure. So let's let's say this. What what are we going to do tomorrow? Say the Cubs win. Well, we'll be excited to talk for the, you know, this is our wild card edition. We're going to have it's to. It's the wild card spectacular, man. Not the wild card edition, the wild card spectacular. We're going to have the NLCS edition next week. And as I mentioned, tomorrow I'm taking it as a regular season game. I'm going to sit at home with my wife, enjoy some vino. If I can find a, an old style somewhere, I'll have one of those. But once the weekend comes around and we're into the series, I'm going to have I'm going to pull out the grill one last time before winter comes around. Who am I kidding? Winter doesn't start until January in Texas. And it ends in January too, right? Yeah, it lasts like two or three hours. Probably going to get some brats out, make some beer brats, grab some 312s, and then have the family over for the, the games this weekend. So that's the plan. Hopefully we're talking next week about how we're going to close out that series and uh, about another Bears with victory. Hell yeah, man. Let's do it. And let's, uh, let's leave it at that tonight and uh, be excited for tomorrow, boys and girls. It's going to be a lot of fun. Good night, everybody. Good night, and thanks for joining us for week four of North of 18th podcast. Go Cubs!